You're listening to Legally Bliss Conversations. This podcast reclaims and rewrites the stories female attorneys have been told about how we should practice law, grow our businesses, treat our clients, treat ourselves, and craft our identities as female attorneys. We'll hear inspiring stories from current and former female attorneys, the ones who question the stories they've been told, the ones who aren't afraid to live boldly and step into their own power. We'll learn from women who define success on their terms. Through lighthearted and curious conversation, we'll impact the challenges these inspiring female attorneys have already navigated. So join me on this journey. You'll be empowered and ready to rewrite a completely new story about what is possible for you. Well, hey there, and welcome to Legally Blissed Conversations. And a warm welcome today to my friend, Lucy Bosley. Lucy is an attorney, author of CLM Simplified and the Simple Guide to Legal Innovation, and founder and principal of NO Law Group. Previously, Lucy was a former assistant general counsel of legal operations and contracting at Microsoft. While at Microsoft, she redefined how legal work is done and crafted one of the first managed service engagements with a law firm. She was tapped to teach the legal operations course for Suffolk University Law School's Legal Innovation and Technology Certification Program. Lucy has a partnership with Denton's, the world's largest law firm, to deliver operations consulting to corporate legal departments. Lucy is a highly sought-after legal industry expert who works with corporate legal departments and law firms on legal services um, and the delivery automation, smart risk-taking, and alternative resourcing models. She educates and consults with lawyers to take best practices in the legal industry to a new level. She is also a strategy advisor for, for Law Geeks, an, all, an AI legal startup that automates contract review services. What a resume. Thank you so <laughs> much for being here, Lucy. I'm so happy to get to learn more about your journey and how this incredible resume came to be. So let's, let's go back just a few years. Why did you go to law school? Why did you decide you wanted to be a lawyer? Well, yeah, just a few years. Thank you for that. Uh, if you ask my kids, we're going back to the, to the ice age. Um, just a couple of years, right? Yeah, just a few, <laughs> I was a child genius, of course. Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's kind of that age old story. I've always wanted to be a lawyer since I was a little kid. Uh, when I was Four, I think my my uh, grandma labeled me as the advocate, and okay. uh, and I think it kind of stuck. So it really was just kind of a, I don't know, it was set in stone. I don't come from a family of lawyers. I am not in a long line of lawyers. There's no family law firm to pass on to me. It really was just kind of a natural, instinctive um, skill set. I think, mm-hmm. of course, of course, it is not like what we thought it was when I was four or when I thought it was or even when I was in college mm-hmm. um we all know that but I think that that theory of boy you really love to make a point and then stick to your point and then win an argument is really what uh what sealed that deal so I kind of always had this plan I love that you were known as the advocate right because I mean I think that's that's really cool a lot of people say well you know, my, I was argumentative or, you know, I, 
but being an advocate, I think that's a really cool, uh, that's a really cool spin on it. So you went to law school. Did you um, come out of law school knowing what you wanted to do in terms of practicing law? Well, let me let me give you a really long-winded answer to that because I think some of our listeners might this might resonate with them. Sure. So as I mentioned, I don't have any lawyers in the family. I had no idea. I had no idea what law school was going to be about. I I can't uh, I can't over overemphasize how I really thought um, law school was like any like I finished college. I'm like great. I am now going to do the next phase, and that is called law school. I thought it was going to be the same, meaning I would take classes. I would get a, G a score, a GPA, a grade. Yeah. At some point, I would finish, and then I would send my resume out, and I would look for a job because now I had a new an added you know, certificate, added little line item um, on my education. Nothing about that uh, was accurate. Not, nothing about that. So I was completely, completely shocked when I yeah. started law school. Mm. A couple of things and a couple of like ahas that if anybody can uh, can relate to this or if we have any law students listening, you know, he here's the thing. Law school can can be what I described. It can be. You kind of go along your merry way. You make your grades and then you kind of see what happens. Or you can discover what I discovered, which is, of course, this world of big firm life um, uh, recruiting, you know, on-campus recruiting. It is a it is a whole other world. I didn't know. Right. It kind of happened to me. So I, I was invited, and here's how it started. And I, I, I love this story because I really feel like this should be like a, a movie scene where, you know, we're going to do like picture it. Um, I get a little card in the mail. I'm invited to an open house at law firm, you know, Orange Tomatoes and Potatoes, LLP. Right. right. <laughs> I didn't know this firm. I didn't know the name. I Thing. like I'm telling you I have no background here I am this is the fall I think of my first year where you're like whoa people are really studying I really gotta read a lot like it was shocking because I was always a really easy good student like it just kind of came easy so it was I was already in this right yeah yeah it's a shocker you kind of get in going oh okay this is different so I get this little card I'll try to make it short because I, I I do love the story it was this was the, the aha moment yeah get this card I'm like oh okay open house well, what that means it's a law firm sounds like okay I'm all right I'm always like opportunistic and I say that word really I hope in a positive way though I've heard it used different ways but I'm like oh I don't know I, I should get to know what this is I mean eventually I'm going to need a job that's yeah. all I'm on very I'm a I've got immigrant I, I am an immigrant and we're like get the job you work hard you get a job that's that's what life's about so okay I'm going to go to this thing it's at night it's in downtown where I was in Houston I was at the University of Houston uh, law center and I was like oh Houston downtown after dark so my husband drove me in our teeny tiny little jalopy beat up car and he's like okay I'm gonna drop you off here and I'm gonna like circle around I was like okay try not to get shot I should be out in like an hour we didn't have cell phones then uh and so I go in the middle of downtown Houston, go up some super, super, super tall building. I was like, look at this, you know, this is fancy. I put on my best, like matching top and skirt and and and, uh, and then something started to happen, right? So I get up in the elevator, the doors open and bing, you know, you're like scene one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I come out and there are all these other clearly law students and they are dressed in a uniform. I'm like, oh, hmm, suits. Here, I should get, get the memo on that. <laughs> and somebody's approaching me with a tray of like snacks or drinks. I don't remember what. And I'm I'm ready for them to offer it for me to help them. 
like take the tray and, and go share appetizers. I'm like, oh, I can have one of these. Well, okay, don't mind if I do. And from there started this parallel world, like an out-of-body experience. I'm watching myself where they, like the, these partners come out, they they usher us gently into a conference room. And, and in this conference room for the next like, you know, hour proceeds this orchestrated slow dance mm-hmm. where they're moving us around the table in casual chit chats with carefully placed partners and practicing you know lawyer law firm lawyers and they're kind of all testing us out and and then we're kind of ushered out through this assembly line and my evening ends you know come downstairs I get in the car my husband and a little tiny beat up college car you know and I'm like yeah I don't know what just happened there but now I think I know what an open house means right that's the beginning that was the beginning of what I realized is now like happening and then the whole left your first year what are you doing and you're gonna intern you gotta intern you gotta intern nobody's gonna pay you first year somebody got a job after their first year and then the fall and the on-campus interviewing and the recruiting and I got the two you know split my summer squeezed out every second I could I think I even missed some school because I was like oh no no I'm gonna do as much as I can because they are paying like crazy this was circa you know 1999 so it wasn't anything I expected and I think that's one big thing that a lot of a lot of law students just you just don't know or, or until you you know if you don't have lawyers in the family. So anyway, it was a it was my favorite it's my favorite story and I'm like I I need to write a a movie scene on this one day a short a movie short that will win zero awards and have 1.5 users but my parents will enjoy it. <laughs> they will love it. They'll love it. And it'll get like three tomatoes or whatever it is. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so I so I kind of I did jump ahead because I was like okay let's go past law school. And talk about career, right? But you wanted yeah. to go back a little bit to law school. And I think that's really insightful and interesting um, because I think that a lot of times we do gloss, I, I tend to gloss over like the law school experience. It is interesting because the people that I talk to do have so many different types of experiences in law school. Some people are just like, I love law school. It was my jam. And some people are like, oh my God, I, it was the three years of hell. I had to get out. So what was it? I, I want to go back into law school a little bit with you. Yeah. What was yeah. that? Which... I mean, you were likely a good student. I mean, if you're getting invited to the big firm open houses, you're probably doing pretty well, right? Or I mean, you know, it's like anything else. If you make some number or reach some score, you're invited. It's absolutely no indication of mm-hmm. aptitude. I'm sorry. It just isn't. I'm grateful. I'm lucky. Whatever you want to call it. I'm pretty smart and pretty good at now. I know what I do. Mm-hmm. But that stuff is a little, uh, it's, it's a little Silly. I don't. I. I just don't know if it's a real indicator of anything. To be honest. Um. But I will say I would summarize law school. Like if I had to pick which bucket I would be in. To me, it was a very. It wasn't about I love law school. It was like a means to an end. I got to get through this because I got to get there. I'm driven. I'm motivated. I need a job. I need a good job. I want to enjoy my job. So law school was a means to an end, and it was just like a step I needed to get through. And I went about it very pragmatically, doing what I need to get into whatever little box or number I need to get to so I could take that next step. And when the, I could take my foot off the gas, boy, I sure did. Third year, easy peasy. I had a job. I had my job set and um, I really did not overwork third year at all. So very, very <laughs> pragmatic approach, I would say. Did you have a favorite class in law school? Um, I, didn't, I don't know if I had a favorite class. I had a favorite, um, you know, probably had some favorite professors. And you're like, oh, I enjoyed that. That person made it interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't nerd out on any of the topics more than anything else. I'm a, 
I turned into a commercial contracts lawyer. So yes, I'm a contracts nerd. Um, I don't think law school has, has very little relation to what you do in your real job. So nope, it's kind of more about the professors than the classes. I will say I shied away from anything that had its own code. And again, that's my pragmatic side. It's like, why learn another whole chunk of laws? I'm fine with common law. Tax code, no thanks. Trust, you know, no thanks. Trust in the state. Like, I was always like, um, I'm, I'm good with that. But uh, <laughs> a bankruptcy code, ended up practicing bankruptcy straight out of law school. Who knew? Uh, so bit of a crapshoot uh, a little bit of honest, right I, th I think that I think going to law school like it's really hard for many young lawyers to go to law school and start law school saying I know I want to do family law or I know I want to do contracts law right or, or yeah. whatever like you it can be a little bit of a crapshoot because if you are um you know looking for a job after law school and in the the, the you know, the, the industry is too hard for most people to get a job after law school right yeah. out. And yeah. sometimes you, you take what you get and you might end up doing trusts and estates when you had been planning. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what, that's what happened to me. I yeah. ended up doing something by sheer virtue of life and twists and turns and moving across the country, not joining. I had an offer at Baker McKenzie, pretty mm -hmm. good little firm. Uh, couldn't, moved to Seattle, the one place in the country that uh, they didn't have an office. And I was like, oh, snap, what have we done? Yeah. I moved you know, for my husband's job. So really completely life takes you on different paths. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what I did or what I had accomplished in law school at all. All of that fell apart. And okay. I was like, well, I've got that JD. That's all I got. I'm starting from scratch. So life takes you and you better be ready to roll with the punches, you know, no matter what. Um, there was something else you said that's interesting about, you know, you're going into law school, you don't, you think you know what you want, but then you kind of get in there and realize what you want. I, I will say the one, the, the one big dividing line is really kind of, are you going to be in the litigating world or not? And that could be litigating in an administrative hearings and courts. I mean, it, it isn't about, you know, big law objections sustained and well, Ellie McBeal or whatever, but mm -hmm. it, even though you think that's what it is, but in general, you kind of end up in the, am I doing, you know, live arguments and motions and filings and pleadings in front of a, a decider or arbitrator of, of law of some flavor, or am I doing something transactional, right? Something, right. I don't want to say even corporate-y, but I'm doing, it feels like those end up being kind of the only real line you can draw. I think people flip-flop in their careers we know they as do. well. Yeah, they do flip-flop, and it's totally okay to flip-flop, and it's, it's totally okay to pick a lane and say, I don't want to do litigation. Or I don't want to do contract work. I mean, it goes absolutely. It goes both ways. Yeah, so, it's all okay. You gotta you okay. gotta pay your bills and enjoy your day job and not want to jump off a building. <laughs> that's that's a win. That is, you know what? If you get through the day and you've not done that, it's a win. So, um, I'm, okay. So let's go back to getting out of law school. So you and let me help help me with the timeline a little bit here. Yeah. You and your husband moved to Seattle after law school and there was no, um, there's, yeah, here's another funny, funny movie scene. So I'm taking the bar exam and my, so my husband, and I graduated in the same weekend. He got his computer science degree and I got uh, his bachelor of computer science where I was like, ha, you're BS in computer science. Well, here I am killing myself for the JD in law school. Graduate the same weekend. He gets a little, an email from a little company called Microsoft and he's like, we're looking for Testers, yeah, computer science circa May of 2000. Like, oh, little, little tech, little tech bubble going on. So he's like, look, this is interesting. I'm like, yeah, yeah, pursue that. Studying for the bar. 
literally sitting at my kitchen table with my study buddy and we're like snacks bar food you know we're doing this he's like so i'm gonna send my resume i'm like yeah you do that um i think they're gonna fly me out there i'm like oh <laughs> you whatever yeah sure good luck with that they fly him out he comes back he's like well that was pretty exciting i'm like yeah good 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 again i mean it was really like again parallel world i'm out of body experience um so i got this offer I was like oh microsoft um i have heard of that we we have heard of Microsoft, and of course, every show on TV, every Dateline, Nightline, everything's about dot com techie billionaires, blah blah. And we're like, what's happening? Why aren't we there? And this is ninety nine, well, about ninety nine. This, this is now two thousand. So we graduated in, in May June of two thousand, right. July thirty first of two thousand. I finished my law school exam. Uh, sorry, July thirtieth on a Thursday, five p.m. July thirty first was a Friday. We were on the one way ticket to Seattle. Uh, he accepted an offer at Microsoft, and together, you know, together we're like, yeah, you can't say no to Microsoft. Yeah, I've got Baker McKenzie. That's my Microsoft, but there are probably other Baker McKenzies. There weren't at the time any Microsofts in two thousand. So mm -hmm. I find myself in Seattle, going um, law school. Uh, um, uh, what's it called? Loans. Those are those are real. Uh, that job at Baker McKenzie. I got a call and go. Um, <clears throat> here's the thing. I'm in Seattle. <laughs> um, and then, and there I was starting over. So yeah, we, we yeah. came here for my husband's Microsoft job. <laughs> Even funnier story to all the, all the ladies out there watching. Um, you know, he, my husband ended up being a stay home dad, left Microsoft. <laughs> I joined Microsoft and then Microsoft kept us here for the next chunk of our lives. So life has a way of like, I <laughs> can throw some curveballs that is for sure good ones. yeah good ones I mean I'm super grateful for every for every twist and turn you know yeah. it's just nothing I would have predicted okay ever. so there there's a lot here that has gone <laughs> that, that is between you know you kind of having to say no to Baker McKenzie you you all flown up to Seattle which there are worse places in the world one could live and yep. him starting at Microsoft and you being like, oh crap, like I'm going to have to kind of start, figure this start, out. start, figure this out. Yeah. And you can obviously, um, and you did and, but you know, like, you know, you have law school loans, right? So what, yep. what happened next? Well, okay. So favorite, <laughs> favorite breakdown story. I was at uh, Safeway and grocery, <laughs> grocery store. Yep. Little grocery store. So my husband's put on his, you know, grown up pants and he's like going to his first real job. And, and I'm like, Hey, I want to do that. We're going to do my career. And I was a big fancy lawyer. Yeah. Um, but instead here I am, you know, going to the grocery store every other day. Cause I need something to do. Uh, because for the first few weeks, you're kind of decompressing and you've got the whole, I just finished the bar and I should just take a little bar yeah. relaxation detox. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the gal at the checkout's like, Oh, you're here again. I thought we just saw you. You're in here quite a bit. Right. I broke down. <laughs> I'm now famous for shopping because I create little reasons to go to the grocery store to get out of the house to do something besides you know walk the dog which is nice and like okay there's only so much you can and I'm a you know hyperactive type a like I gotta be doing things you, I need, gotta to be be doing you need to be producing creating I gotta be yeah. developing yes 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 so that was a breakdown um so really what all happened um was I became you know is a it was a full-time job looking for a job um and I will say the one and only real reason that I ended up landing a job was thanks to my mentor at Baker and McKenzie. Mm -hmm. So Melinda Phelan, if she's watching this, I will send her this link. Um, she was my mentor. 
she was a couple of years ahead of me uh, at, at Baker McKenzie. And I said, Melinda, oh my God, what do I do? Yeah, yeah. And she, she put me in contact with her, her husband, who was um, a bit more of a senior attorney, had been, has a network. He's a commercial bankruptcy lawyer. He knew all the commercial bankruptcy lawyers around the country at all the best firms. He introduced me to some of the biggest names and the biggest firms. They were all like very, very nice. God bless them. They all spent the time to have lunch with me and chat with me, but I didn't fit in the big firm model anymore because I didn't go through on-campus interviews. I was a weirdo. I was a, hmm, you've got the scores and the grades, but we didn't test you and we've got a class and you're not in that. Yeah. But luckily, one, um, it was, I just didn't fit. Um, but one of those contacts uh, ran a boutique commercial uh, bankruptcy firm in the, in the heart of downtown Seattle, was known nationally, just, you know, one of these boutique experts. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was kind enough to take a chance on me and, you know, cue the ABBA music. It was set my whole path. The people I met there um, in this tiny little firm set me on a path yeah. to the other contacts and the work I did and the connections into Microsoft that did not come from my husband at all. We're in a different world. He's a techie. It's like two different universes yeah yeah everything though was a result of um this one kind mentor young uh, you know a woman not too much older than me who um changed my career trajectory um so that is you know people talk about networking I don't know how to do it it doesn't I don't know what it means I know authentic relationships and they go in both ways and they pay forward and they pay backward and uh that's that changed my my career completely yeah yeah so you're <laughs> gonna have to send her a little thank you note and a link to this um whenever it gets published so she's yes. like oh that's so cool um yes. okay so you started working in the the bankruptcy firm yeah so did you have you taken the um bar down in texas before you got to i did it? that's what i was studying for when the husband was okay. off traveling to seattle i was like what seattle where isn't it rainy there? I mean, no, no clue. Never been here. Um, yeah, so I took the Texas bar uh, and then uh, got this job and then had to take the uh, Washington bar, which, ha, another funny story. Our our biggest earthquake in the last 20 years <laughs> happened on the day of my bar exam. <laughs> so I'm, I'm taking here. the bar as an earthquake and I'm like, where did we move? Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> this is real. Um, so yeah, I took the Washington bar. Uh, Survived the earthquake and the survived bar. the earthquake. That's like okay, which is worse, the, the earthquake or the bar? I don't know. I would probably take the earthquake. You know, when I tell these stories, I'm like, wow, I really should kind of like when I retire, I need to, I, I need to write a write write a little funny uh, comedy about <laughs> about this life's little adventures. Um, well, you've yeah, so I did. So I, I, I did. That's right. Bucket list check. Boop, that's done. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So I started at this firm and. Um, took the Washington bar and guess what I was doing? I was in court and I was writing pleadings and I was arguing motions. And that is not what I wanted to do when I went to law school, but I was in a great place with great people who taught me things and I loved it accidentally. And you were probably like paying down that law school loan just a little bit. Oh yeah. So yeah. yeah. You know, sometimes you got to do that. You gotta pay the bills. And I was just so (laughs) lucky. Uh, that I landed in a place that was nurturing and warm and stimulating intellectually yeah. and nothing like what I thought I'd be doing at the time, nothing that I was planning on doing at that sure. time six months ago. Um, and suddenly it all changed. And I was uh, 
I was lucky and grateful for the connections that got me to this, um, to this little, this little farm. Do you think you would have been happier in Big Wall? No. No. Um, no. After that, I, I did spend um, a little bit of time at a, at a big firm in the Seattle area, Davis Wright Tremaine, a great firm. Um, again, thanks to one of my my colleagues at the small firm, and then uh, was a mentor of mine, and he moved on and and uh, took me took me with him shortly thereafter. I was like amazing. Again, it's all it's yeah. all that those those authentic you know relationships. Um, and then after a couple of years at the big firm. Uh, Microsoft uh, became an opportunity. Um, also, again, similar, a colleague, uh, same colleague that, that was also like, hey, it's nice here. And I'm like, I bet it is. <laughs> so, um, you know, opened a few doors and, and, and uh, I made my way in uh, through those doors. And uh, I don't think I was in for the long haul at, at a big farm. I don't, everything about what I've written in my first book and what I practice in my preach today is unfortunately a little bit contrary in philosophy to the core business model of big law mm -hmm. it's just it's not conducive to what I want to do and, and uh, how I want to practice and how I want to deliver value to, to clients so I guess you learned um, a lot about that dichotomy after going in-house and, and being in-house right so had you did you kind of have visions or dream of going in-house or was it just awesome that Microsoft, like the opportunity at Microsoft appeared and you're like, oh, heck yeah, let's do this. You know, it's a, it's a really good question. I mean, I, I will say um, I had, I did, I didn't know the huge difference between in-house lawyering and, and big law lawyering, you yeah. know, um, until I was in those, those positions. But I will say the first weekend in Seattle, looking around the big buildings in downtown and, and going, wow, you know, I, I want to make it to those, which I did with the little, even with the little firm. But, but then that next step was, you know, I, I did, I did, yeah, I remember having that conversation, even with my husband, like, wow, I bet Microsoft has a neat, you know, legal department. I, I didn't, I didn't know really what it was yeah, until yeah. I started seeing them as a client, you know, Mm -hmm. until they became one of my one of my clients one of the firm's clients and I got to kind of see what it's like so it's interesting I I don't I can't say it was a it was a mission from the beginning but it became very clear that it was a a good path if I could forge it and, and... Yeah. okay so let's talk about the transition the transition yeah. over to Microsoft was your husband still there when you transitioned over he was Okay. Um, but you know, a company of a hundred thousand people, like we were like different universes, <laughs> different. Yeah, totally. We really were different yeah. schedule, different time. Everything was different. So it was almost like we were in different companies. So sure. we did overlap. I'm trying to think how much we overlapped by a couple of years. Okay. A couple of years. And then, uh, again, then he chose to be a stay home dad. And I was like, well, good. I'm here. I'm solid. Thank you. Let's take a quick pause for a message from my sponsor, Prominent Practice. Are you thinking about a career transition from big law or partnership to a solo practice, selling your practice, or maybe you're launching a project unrelated to law? Whatever the reason for your transition, you'll need support along the way. 
Enter Prominent Practice, an executive consulting and marketing firm specializing in branding, positioning, and reputation management for transitioning attorneys. Founded by a female entrepreneur who spent a decade building smart digital platforms for thought leaders before pivoting to focus on high-end service providers who were preparing for successions, mergers, and acquisition events in their businesses. If you're thinking about making a big business move, don't risk losing the ability to leverage the reputation you've spent your career building. Let Prominent Practice be your guide. Visit prominentpractice.com slash blist for an exclusive introduction. So I'm curious about the the dynamic there because it's yeah. not um, common. It's not common or traditional. Um, and it's something I think is unique and people need to talk about it. So you're, you're, you decided that you're going to have children. You're like, let's have, let's make some babies up in here. Right. So we're going to do this. We're going to have a family. Did you decide, did you all kind of decide as yeah. a couple again that you were going to, that you I love this topic. Family? Yeah. So I love <laughs> this topic. There's a ton to unpack here. Sure. Um, actually the first book I started writing, which is now 10 years in the making is this concept of the whole work life mom professional balance. I think, God, this is like the biggest soapbox. You should be careful. Get on it. Know, get on, letting me get on, on the soapbox. <laughs> I think it's such a freaking cluster for women. It yes. is so wrong. And, and there's so many different angles of wrong. So of course there is the um policies and the fact that in our country, we don't get uh, benefits and leave to take care of newborn babies and of ourselves after having babies. Like that is offensive, crazy, and ridiculous in this country. That's one. Next slice of crazy is, of course, in general, the medical healthcare system, broken, crazy. That's that's breaking moms, all that as well. Okay, All that's crazy. I, you know, if you're going to tackle one thing, that's not what I, I'm going to tackle. Um, what I, here's my, God, I don't even know where to start. This is such a big topic. Yeah. We decided to have babies, of course. And by the time we did, it was like, Hey, we got to do this thing. Cause TikTok goes the clock. Um, I was born with all the parts, but that wasn't like my life's dream with all respect to everything. Like I was like, no, no, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to knock this out of the park. I'm going to use my brain. I love using my brain. Um, but of course I want a family and, um, it's very natural to want that. It's like, yeah, I, I, well, Hey, let me, let me say this way. I want it all. Yep. I want it all. I want to be good at all of it. I don't want to be perfect at any of it, but I want to be good at it, all of it. I don't want to have to do one or the other and make all these choices. So um, yeah, we decided to have kids um, from the very beginning. And this is, let's say, if I'm going to pick the really hot, hottest push button topic, pick yeah. your partners well, ladies. Pick your partners well. Way too many smart, capable, intelligent, brilliant women end up falling off the grid off their professional career track, not purely by their choice. I see it all the time. They meet in college. It's great. And they in law school together. Look at them. They're both their study partner. Oh, look at that couple. They're a little power couple. Look at them go. And they get married and they get their big jobs. And then it's only, it's, it's after marriage. It's not when you get married. Nobody expects a little a housewife when they get married anymore. But once the babies come along, I don't know what happens, but he starts to drag his knuckles on the ground and like goes back 700 years of evolution. And she's like, oh, well, that's happening. So I better 
counter I got I got over function I better I have to do everything because he's not and somehow that's okay and I don't know I don't know I can't explain it it is a phenomenon I see over and over again mutually respectful capable intelligent peers partners and everything until babies come along and then I start hearing things like I gotta see if my husband can babysit I've heard this what I've I've heard I've heard men say this, Lucy, where they yeah. I need to go. Well, I have to, this is my baby. I'm going to babysit. My wife needs me to babysit. My, I'm going to babysit. So that, so, so to me, this core all comes back to uh, the women. You gotta, you can't, that the minute you hear that, you got to nip that in the bud. That is not okay. That is an indicator of problems. This isn't about taxonomy. This isn't because they use the wrong word. This is an indicator of a core fundamental problem. I see it all the time. I see amazing capable women that are like, well, I need to. And they're over, they're over functioning, they're over indexing, they're over correcting because suddenly their partner has stepped back from this. They've just kind of quiet quit the job of co-parenting. And now it's all on the mom, the woman, the what a working mom. I don't care what we call ourselves. So no, I'm not in a traditional position. Yes, it's easy for me to talk from this position because I have the husband who stays home. And I've heard that too. Believe me, I get it from all, all, all angles, right? I get the passive aggressive. Well, not everybody. Well, good for you, Lucy. We don't all have. Well, you could have. You could have it. So you make your choices for you. This is a joint decision between two equal peers. Just because you were given the body parts doesn't somehow make you now say, oh, well, you have to. Nope, nope. There's science, there are things you can share almost, almost everything equally. I mean, come on, we don't need a biology lesson. I, I know what you can't right. share, but I know what you can share. And it makes me crazy. Excuse me. I'm sorry. It makes me crazy. And I see it. I see it on my team. I see amazing women who have wonderful husbands. And I see the amount of work that they do. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And I got to, I got to just do it because I, I love all these people and I, and I want them to be successful and I want them to be happy. Um, but sometimes I feel like, God, I gotta, I gotta say the, the, the ugly truth here is that, um, Women aren't doing themselves any favors by solving everything, fixing everything, paving every path, making everything easier, and just taking care of everything because it just enables. It enables. It enables. So what? Okay. So a few things. Like, so do we? No, 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 no. This is awesome. Okay. So I've got. Quite, I have questions. So do we need to push back on that and ask for what the, what we want? Do we need to pick our partners well, as in be more proactive at the early stages of mate finding? Um, Look, it's not a it's not a checklist or an interview thing. It is setting very I'm clear sure. expectation. I mean, it's just yeah, it's 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 from that first indicator. Yeah. What, what do you mean you're too tired to get up in the middle of the night? I, stop. Answer that question. I'm sorry. What do you mean? What, mm -hmm. and, and I see it. And so, again, it's this tiny, little, slow, slippery, slow, tiny, little. Well, I mean, he wouldn't know anyway, so I just better do it. I'll I just better do it. Do it. I, I can just handle it. Yeah. No. I do. I do. I think you need to do like write something like a LinkedIn article or something on quiet quitting co-parenting. I mean, yeah. 
But I think that that would be something very fascinating to kind of dig into to see what yeah. is going on here. I might. I mean, this is kind of like my next big, uh, if I had the bandwidth and the times, not not running, uh, you know, a business. <laughs> um, yeah. But 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 it is. That's that's a passion project. I mean, following the kind of work that like uh, Melinda Gates does, right? I'm watching her going, wow, she's really re reached to the core, the challenge of women getting ahead, and that's controlling their own reproductive cycle. Mm -hmm. Controlling that. This is no different. Yes, we are. We're blessed to live in the country we live in and have the resources we have. So yes, we can control the reproductive cycle. But for some reason, we let go of that control of our destiny. Um, a lot of women do. And then they're frustrated. I'm not, look, people who choose whatever path they choose, amen. I couldn't, I don't care about that. Go, good, great. I, that is none of my interest or concern or business. What I'm watching are uh, women who didn't fully choose it. It was kind of a choice. Some, but we, that, that was made, we made, they made, but they're frustrated. They're feeling unfulfilled. They're there. They feel that there's an unfairness. They're getting resentful of their spouses. They love their spouses, right? They love the family unit they've built, but there's, there's a resentment. There's a frustration. Um, it has to be enough to make them make, do something about it. Right. And again, can't change people who don't want to be changed. So I'm not here to change people. I'm just here to say those who aren't happy you can do something about this and it's never it's never too late it is never too late. it's no different than some you know my smart teenage kid was like oh i'm not very good at loading the dishwasher what what how did we get to this that that's now <laughs> no 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 oh, we're gonna get you good at loading the dishwasher right and i think it's the brilliant tactic, it's been around as long as humans have been around. You set the expectation bar pretty low, and people stop expecting stuff of you. And I think that's just what's happened with co-parenting. Somehow, dads get to opt out. And as a society, we've allowed it, obviously. Uh, but too many women are allowing it at that micro level, like in their marriage, in their family unit, in their home. And guess what? Their kids are seeing this. 100%. Yeah. Right? This isn't about people being unhappy or unhealthy. They're happy. Life is good, right? Everybody's got everything. But is the woman, mom, wife, whatever, is she really fulfilled? Is she really happy? And and those are the ones that just kills me. I see it. And I'm like, why? Why did it get to this point? But oof, I don't know if that was the point of this podcast, but this is no. a hot button for me. And, and you know, I'm going to just say it. And we're not going to edit any of this because it is what it is. We're not going <laughs> to edit it. And the, um, you know, I did want to kind of get into this because I knew that it was a, a, you know, a hot button topic for you. And it's something that you're passionate about and you're, yeah. you're out there, you're in, in, you know, the world and you're seeing these women and the things that they're experiencing and they probably really look up to you, right. Um, as someone who has what seems to be an extremely supportive partner. So, yeah. okay. So I want to ask you just like a couple practical tips like when we yeah. are choosing our partners as young females yeah. young female yeah. lawyers specifically are there any red flags or yeah. that we can look out for um so yeah so look um i i will say it, it, it for the for that partner right again in my case it's, it's it's a husband and i don't think i don't know if it's a man woman thing i don't know i, I can only talk from my experience right Believe me, he, he's got to deal with his own nonsense out in the world, right? Again, the, the bullshit comments from the other dads. Hmm. Oh, you're so lucky you get to spend time with your kids. Wow. Really? 
you're the same dad that your wife has to map out freeze meals because she's going to be away for two whopping days, right? And and set for you a calendar and a schedule and get other moms to help you drive your kids. Like, really? Am I not lucky? So he, he would hear a lot of bullshit too. And you have to yeah. let that roll off your back, yeah. right? Um, so it isn't easy in either direction. And oftentimes I have, I'm more in common with men, right? If we're in a social gathering than with women, if they are mostly stay home moms, which again, they're happy. That's, that's, that's fine. But when we're having conversation, I don't always have something to contribute. That's as, I don't know. I mean, I can, but then I get frustrated and I get kind of, especially when I start, when I start hearing the complaining, I think that's the thing that really gets me is like mm-hmm. the women who love to complain about their husbands, not doing their share. And, and, and I want to say, then make them, then make them um, is, is the thing. So yeah, the indicators are there. They are red flags. I mean, I would say there's there's machismo commentary that happens in a ha-ha joking manner. That's not funny. Mm-hmm. Nothing about that is funny. So mm-hmm. if you see that in your early mid-20s, mm-hmm. there's something underneath there that yeah. told him that that's okay. Or you know why jokes are funny? Because there's a little bit of truth to them. That's mm-hmm. why jokes are funny. Mm-hmm. Really good jokes are funny because they are calling out a truth to right. some extent we don't like to admit that that's that's reality so i would say look for the little jokes the low the low machismo macho when the guys are all together haha you you see it there yeah the, the indicators are there um references to other people and other roles they have and women and how how they see that um little tiny assumptions well yeah but when we have kids i mean what finish that yeah yes yeah so you you really want to pull on those strings and threads i will say i've also seen some really good success stories where there is some of that and then the wife the the, you know is is very intentional on redirecting it that's Mm. good hey that may be the way you grew up and maybe what you saw in your house that's not what i want like i i have seen that too and it's tough and if they have this isn't about true you know truly loving each other of course if they love each other they want the best for each other but this is about respect right? Care. This is true. I want you to be happy. I want, and I, I want the other person to be happy. And that means you got to ebb and flow. So yeah, there are red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those kind of, those are, those are the, the biggest ones. How they, how they refer to other stay home dads, if and when they ever run across them, is it like, they're looking at them like they're in a museum. Like, what is that creature? Right? Well, <laughs> that's okay. They chose that. Now I will say, this isn't always a hundred percent choice for anybody because oftentimes you do want it all and you just physically can't make it all work because mm-hmm. either the career one is just not bringing in enough income to support this or the lifestyle you want requires. So I, again, this none of this is black and white. This is about being empowered and enabled that if you have the resources and you have the means and the wherewithal, you can make a change that's benefit for you. And you know what? You deserve to be happy. Every working mom deserves to be happy in what path she's chosen and not feel a steady state of resentment, not feel a steady state of um, lack of appreciation or, or just burnout. Constant state of burnout is what we've been learning to embrace. Like, that's what, it, you know, that's what we do. We do it all. That, you don't have to be that way. Life's way too short. So... We got to kind of own up to it and, and tweak it and make it our own and, and, and find that 
find that balance and happiness because I don't know, it's just not some sums off. And so, COVID was another reminder. We saw that yeah. during COVID. Stay the moms are doing it all. Yeah. The dad's next door quietly in their room doing their Zoom calls. And the mom's doing the balance. Like what? Um, how, how? How did that happen? So that was that, a big indicator. That's when I really noticed some weird stuff was going going on, right? Like <laughs> the, the um, quiet quitting of co of co of co parenting. And of course, I didn't have it. I wasn't calling it that. But I should I call it that? I, should I, we do something? We're gonna do I, something with this. We're gonna call it something. Quiet yeah. quitting of co parenting. You heard it here first. You heard you heard it here first. Um. Yeah, I saw that from a lot of my female colleagues and and it was like, you know, I haven't been out like in the corporate world for 10 years. I've had my own practice and I've lived in a small town. And so I haven't really been in the trenches, so to speak. But when um, in 2020, I just the people that I talked to and my friends who practiced, I was like, Wait, where's Bill? Like, why is he like, why is he the one that gets the 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 home office for the conference? The quiet. Yeah, like why are you like helping with homework all day long because the kids can't go to school? Like it, it was always the women who were taking on the child care um responsibilities. And That's I don't right. know, it's just very fascinating to me. It just really it was very That's, the, that's the fact. That's the data. Yeah. This isn't an opinion. This is your your data in your small controlled environment to group. You're like, wow, every time it's always you. And on the one time it isn't, it's like the woman probably went out of her way to like, okay, I really need on this one call to have quiet. Can you watch the kids for an hour? Like you're asking a favor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shitty feeling, pardon my French. That is that is crap to feel like you have to ask for a favor from your partner. From your life partner? You're like, you together created this new other life and now you're, it's just the, the dynamics of that's just this, that's not healthy. It's not a favor. It's not a favor to watch your own kids and it is not babysitting, right? It, it is, a, it's not, it, it is careful negotiation. It is careful planning. It is divide and conquer. Those are all normal, healthy things. Not a favor. It, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's. It, frustrates me. I mean, it's, we're just, it's frustrating. And I think that women need to really think about, um, what, like just asking themselves the simple question and it's a simple question, but the answer is complex. And the question is, what am I unnecessarily tolerating right now? Right. Because that, that question really will get to the root of what is going on. I think with, in the relationship or maybe the lack of co-parenting that's going on. Um, and once you can kind of figure out what it really is, it's kind of grinding you, then you can figure out, well, do I need to, do I need to set boundaries here? Do I really, can I actually ask for what I want and need in this relationship? And if it's not possible to do that, then, I mean, I think that person really needs to have a serious reevaluation of, of the relationship, which is yeah. scary. No, that's that's probably right. That's very scary. That's probably right. And I'm absolutely no relationship expert. If anything, the, whole, <laughs> the only thing I'm an expert in is working mom, you know, tips and tricks. I could say, I could say, yes, I've done it. And the only way I have a little bit of confidence in this is that 
I have a lot of women asking me how can you do it. I bet you do. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I used to take it for granted. And I but I would I would have like what do you mean? What do you mean? So to me, I'm I'm lucky. I'm grateful. It was never a it was never a fight. It was never a thing. If anything, I was almost on the reverse. From like wow, I didn't realize how good I had it. Right be poking my husband. I'm like, so what are you going to do? When are you going to figure out what, what is your career plan? You know? And I was like, wow, what is wrong with me? I can't, I can't have it all both ways. Like, I mean, that's so, so yeah, it isn't easy. There is no easy answer here. No. My, my only message and mission here is really for the women to achieve their success, their growth, their personal happiness. It doesn't have to come at their cost. That's, that's what's unfair, right? So go for what you want. You want to stay home? Amen. God bless. You want to spend for 10 years and come back? Fantastic. I'm specifically talking to the women who aren't happy. They're frustrated. And that frustration grows and their resentment grows. Time's not going to help. That This is not something that time heals this. Time makes it worse and worse and worse. And it's embedded and it's ingrained. And you've now set the precedent not to be a lawyer about it, but you have. And with every time you set that precedent, it just becomes real, just becomes fact. There's no questioning it. So it's those, those are the women, right? It's those where I'm like, God, you're not, you're not happy. You're not happy. And when you're, you're not, not happy, you're not living to your potential, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, absolutely. You got to be happy. You got to be content. You got to feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You want to feel accomplished. We all do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, it, again, I'm talking specifically to those women who have career goals and, and, and visions. This is not for those who don't. I don't, that's great. There's too many who have amazing visions and, and cap- capabilities and aptitude and desires and dreams and goals and yet it's just all like being there's something always ahead of it there's something in front of it there's something that, that, that jumps in front and, and that's what I just can't tolerate that I can't tolerate it if it's changeable this is the stuff that's within your control so I am talking to a, a subset and I know that and I know enough women who are going to be like wow she wah, wah. I get it ladies we gotta you, you gotta do you you gotta do you but those who aren't able to do you, that's the killer. Yeah. There's a different you. There's like a different you inside and it can't come out because they're too busy coordinating action items for the school program <laughs> or or summer camp or I don't know. Look, I'd still do too, that's to be clear. Yeah. I don't I don't step out of that part. It is called co-parenting for a reason. I right. still design the whole calendar. I get to hand off the the execution, for example. I bet you do design the calendars. Right? I do. That's the thing. You still have to yeah. do what you're good at. You have to do what you're best suited for. Yeah. So, yeah. so the, the, again, there's no black and white map. There's just that if you're not happy, you're not getting what you want, you got to do something about it. And, and until you evolve. Things, yes. Yes. Everything evolves. Everything changes. Um, but yeah, the indicators. Uh, and go on about this topic. And I don't know if there's no magic answer, but uh, we just have to help each other kind of prop each other up and go you can say no we do we have to prop each other up we have to be cheerleaders for each other we have to yeah. be as mentors if that's what what we wanted I mean you don't have to but you know if if you have that in in you then mentor a younger female yeah. lawyer right to kind of yeah. help guide them and they don't even have to be in your firm and if anything or, or company if anything it would be better to mentor someone who's not in my opinion that, I agree I agree I think so it's a, it's a little bit less less personal. Um, and by the way, for, for young women to have, you know, kids to have it all and be in a big firm and be successful as they define success in a big firm, super hard. 
no, that nut has not been cracked. Guess mm -hmm. when I left the big firm? I was pregnant with my first. Yeah. Actually got the offer to join Microsoft. I was in the hospital having my first baby within that like 48 hour period or whatever. There was a voicemail. Microsoft made me the offer. So to their credit, they interviewed me when I was enormous, uh, <laughs> literally eight months pregnant, interviewed and, and wow. received an offer um, because the firm, the life, everything. And again, this is before I had a stay home husband, but we had the nanny. We had, a, you know, we had the plan of the two, we had the plan. The two working yeah. parents. But um, surviving, uh, or I'm sorry, excelling and thriving inside a big firm and having kids is still super hard. So super hard. So hard. Lucy, yeah. this has been such an incredible conversation. I think I could go on another hour with you. And I think kind of my take home here, you know, is we, I, I think part of the thing here is creating awareness of your of your situation, right? Because sometimes I think we get very like bogged down. We don't understand that, or we don't realize that there's quiet quitting going on in a relationship until it just boom, like, like, cause it's like scope creep in a, in a contract or in a, in a working relationship, right? It's just, right. Happens, it's like a slow boil. Like you don't realize it until it's just, until you're ready to explode. So it's like being aware of the situation, of course, you know, picking your partner well, right. And looking for those red flags, I think is, is huge. And, you know, it's, let me ask you that's, I know that's like kind of your big piece of advice, but if you could give like, a, I usually say, ask, like if you could give her like a nugget for someone right out of law school, but I'm more curious about like, if you could get a, give a nugget of, of advice to a newly married couple, specifically the female in the relationship who who wants to have a family one day, what would you say to her? Do you have any I, like little? Yeah. Trust, trust your instinct. When you hear something that doesn't feel a little bit, just talk about it. Just get it out there. This isn't about causing a big fight. This isn't a big argument. This isn't, Oh my God, I've made the wrong choice. This is really in, initializing that ability to redirect some bad behaviors, bad yeah. choices or are unconducive ones, good or bad is a judgment, but they're not conducive to your plan. Just trust your instinct. Like that doesn't sound right. I wonder what, I wonder what he meant when he said that. I hope when we have kids, he won't. And I, I hear hope. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope by the time we have kids, he won't blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, magic doesn't happen. People don't just magically transform especially into the more work department they're not going to just transform into the i'd like to do these crappy middle of the night wake-ups yeah absolutely happy to do that N no it's 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 the opposite so please just trust your instinct and have that conversation it is 2023 you're probably in if not the u.s you're probably in a modern civilized culture somewhere that you have every right to ask these questions even if it's just a thought a, a little glimpse please trust it please trust it. It is 99% guaranteed that it is true indicator of something you're going to have to deal with later. That's hard. This stuff gets hard, right? Life's hard enough, work's hard enough, all that. Yeah. Once you bring in kids, it just whew, changes yeah. everything. And it's, it's a lot better to address it sooner rather than later or Absolutely. be in a relationship or, and married and, uh, yeah. and, and from the get-go. From the get-go. Yeah. So Lucy, thank you so much for hanging out with me and just sharing your, your wisdom. This has been such a insightful conversation. I've loved every second of it. Where can people find you on the internet? Sure. 
So first, thank you. And I always have to apologize after every time I get on a soapbox. I can't, I literally can't help myself. I love your use of the word, literally, but I feel like it's so, it shows your passion for something. I think that's awesome. I can't, yeah, I I just, I I can't help it. Um, I'm always happy to have any conversation with any women, women in law, you know, career change, what, what, how to do it all, blah, 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 all, all all that bucket of topics. Anytime, um, connect with me on LinkedIn, of course. Um, you know, we, I'm, I'm, I'm running a fun business where, uh, we're not all, we're not all women. I didn't have to think about that. I know we're not, uh, but we have a core, core team are working professional moms, uh, I don't even know what to call us. We're all women. We're all professionals. We all have kids. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, we're all trying to figure out ways to do it and balance right and do good work and have happy families. So, yeah. you know, I, I love that part as well. And I'm always happy to share kind of how we manage to do it. A lot of it comes down to creating the job for yourself that works for you and and um, being in charge of your own destiny and, uh always happy to share. So yeah, LinkedIn is the best way to reach me. Um, find me there. And I'm always happy to connect. Always. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the time and the platform. And uh, and uh, what did we call it? Quiet quitting of co-parenting. No more. We're going to write an article. And I am ready to talk about this more. Viral. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. <laughs> thank, thank you. Everyone. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on Legally Bliss Conversations. If you love this episode and you want to hang out with other inspiring and light gold female attorneys, be sure to join the Legally Bliss community at legallybliss.com. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Susie Hickson. See you next time.